Welcome back to another episode of Total Wellness Radio, and this time we've got an interesting topic, milk. From birth we are raised to worship milk as nectar from the gods. Women are afraid that they will develop osteoporosis without it, and men think that their strength will wane also without it. Parents think milk is needed for their kids to grow. At almost every turn, milk ads scream in your face, buy me. Doctors hardly advocate it, and educators can't recommend it enough. Got milk? Since the inception of the Got Milk campaign, more and more throats have been gulping down this well-touted white liquid. Milk consumption has virtually doubled. But is it really healthy for you? Find out today on Total Wellness Radio, as well as tuning into our Facebook Live every Wednesday at noon-ish at our Country Doctor Nutritional Center page on Facebook. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Facebook Live Wednesday. I got Mr. Morrison with me again today. Everybody just loves to hear and from Craig and all the wonderful pearls of wisdom and his, his, his interesting words that he uses to describe certain things. I'm certain that this, that this uh, particular discussion on Facebook as well as on Total Wellness Radio is going to be uh, no different. Good morning, Craig. How you good, doing? Uh, good afternoon. <laughs> I think it's afternoon. Yeah, it's afternoon. It's like four minutes after. Uh-oh. So the Wednesday 12-ish live on Facebook. Thank you so much for tuning in to past episodes. And please remember to mm-hmm. uh, to leave comments and uh, let us know other future topics you'd like us to discuss. Today, we are going to cover one of my favorites. This is just one of my all-time favorites. Got milk? <laughs> Imagine that. Got milk. We are going to look into... Hi, Sharon. Thanks for joining us. We're going to look into, um, you know, there's just... And this is almost like a, like so much around this particular substance and for consumption and how we have been told like vigorously by marketers that, you know, you need to drink your milk dutifully every day so that you can have strong, healthy bones and avoid osteoporosis. And believe it or not, there was a day when that was actually pretty true. When was that, though? Uh, when we used to get it fresh out of the cow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and they didn't take and boil it down and, and ruin everything that's healthy in it. Exactly. Yeah. If you got it from, from the cow to table, you had an opportunity to be consuming a whole Absolutely. live food. Yeah. Because, and I mean... If you take real milk that's fresh out of a cow and you let it set in a refrigerator or on the counter, it yep. doesn't go bad as quickly as everybody seems to think it does, right. but it will separate yep. and you can actually have really good cream and you can make butter and all, all these good things that are healthy and natural mm-hmm. that are the way they're supposed to. You take regular milk and let it set and all it does is... Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's well, horrible. And here's the thing. After years and years and years of being told and marketed to about pasteurized milk, right? Mm-hmm. And we're talking about pasteurized milk. Um, and it being good and healthy for you, it helps to ward off, you know, osteoporosis. It helps men be nice and strong and, and can remain healthy. The reality of it is, is there's more and more emerging science mm-hmm. and studies and things of that nature that actually are really proving this not to be so true. It's a fairy tale. Yeah, it's actually one of the most, it's one of the bigger fairy tales. 
Various healthfulness, uh, various studies conducted, and we're just reading it right directly from the, and we'll give you a, uh, you can get a copy of this. I think we'll see if Brain can put, uh, put a copy of our, of our notes and our sources right on, um, maybe as a future free download or just a link in the Facebook Live uh, or on the Facebook page. Um, I think it'd be important to have, people need to pay attention to this. It's only like a page and a half. But there's yeah. some amazing references we're going to share with you. I'm going, to, I'm going to start the first one, Craig, and then you can do the next one. Various studies conducted suggest milk drinkers suffer more symptoms and health problems than those who stay away from it. Including, <laughs> including they break more bones. Yep. Uh, it actually, I, I think, I truly believe that homogenized pasteurized milk actually sets us up for osteoporosis. It leaches sets, actual... It, yes, it actually pulls calcium sets a mineral leaching out of our bone. Yeah. You know, so you, you really want to think about it. Um, there Talk are to them about so, the Harvard study. Can't the Harvard study here, right it here. says, it right says there. that this there is, is a, a study done on, on 78,000 women over a 12-year period showed yep. that milk drinkers broke more bones mm -hmm. than those who drank only rarely... Yep. Only drank it really. Um, Meaning once well, a week or less. Yes, once a week or less. Uh, well, this Dr. Bernard, yep. um, the president of the Physicians Committee on Responsible Medicine, stated it is virt it is vital to understand that milk is useless, useless. against osteo osteoporosis. Useless. Useless. Completely. Useless. And you can get this on strongbones.org. Yep. It'll, it'll give you a lot more Give you a lot more detail also. about the study, about what they concluded. Um, but as we dive into this topic, I think people are going to be more and more made aware, right, mm -hmm. of the problems that our children are facing. Part of this the, stuff. And, and one, of the, one of the greatest studies ever done that tells you about this kind of stuff is, is a thing called Pottinger's Cats. Yep. If you have yep. a chance, you can you can look it up. There's 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 you can find things on uh, YouTube on it. Um, you can there's a little book that he actually wrote. Um, it's kind of dry reading, and there's a lot of uh, detail in it about right. what happened. But sure, it explains a lot of what milk does to us. Yep. Because it did it to the cats. Poor things. This is one that I found fascinating, and I try to give this to parents of kids a lot because this comes from the American Academy of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology. Okay, absolutely. So this is what they found with people. Hi, Abby. Thanks for joining. This is what they found for people who drink cow's milk on a regular basis. They have the most common food allergies amongst children. That milk drinkers, milk itself, is the most common allergy protein that people can ingest well i mean the seven bottom out line, of ten the bottom line with this is we are the only species on the planet that actually after we've weaned our children still give them milk hi brain and on top of that we give them another species milk <laughs> that's been completely obliterated as far as what is healthy in it so this is stuff you need to think about because I'm. Well, a lot of is, other places you can get really good quality calcium right. yeah. besides yeah. 
Vegetables, number one. Vegetables are number one. This is one of the things in just kind of putting together some of the information and giving you the references for this today. It just was a reminder of just how toxic this stuff, toxic, toxic this stuff really is. The report on how their patients were often getting antibiotic toxicity from dairy products. Because they give cows antibiotics. They load them up. And on antibiotics. And growth hormones. And growth hormones. We consume the product and we get toxic to it. And it becomes a super, super challenging thing for the doc and the parents. Very frustrating for you to track down. How did my child get this toxicity in their system? Or the child has milk toxicity from the antibiotics used in the milk with the cow. And then they turn around and they do get a cold or a flu. And it's nasty and it's scary, Right. So they go in to get the, and they get loaded up with more antibiotics. And it doesn't work. Well, it makes them sicker. Mm-hmm. That's what and I mean. And they say, oh my gosh, you're allergic to antibiotics. We didn't know this. Well, the reason they're allergic to antibiotics in a lot of cases is because of the milk consumption of you know, drinking milk where the cow was already exposed and their mm-hmm. system's being exposed to antibiotics and doesn't even need it. So it, that's the, the spooky one for me. Um, they found the antibiotic residues and pesticides, also the pesticides, in the dairy products contributed to sinusitis, ear infections, big time ear infections. We see it in the clinic all the time. Mm-hmm. Asthma, bloating, menstrual problems for women, okay? Uh, heart disease and diabetes. They also found that it can trigger damage, actual damage to specific organs, lungs, heart, kidneys, pancreas, Lungs and this skin is, both suffer yeah. a lot from it. Yeah. People, this is serious stuff. People, when you drink milk, the reason you get phlegmy is because your body doesn't want it. It's trying to reject it. It's trying to reject it. It's trying to get rid of it. The reason that you get a cough or you start, you know, you get mucusy, mm-hmm. it's because of the milk that's in there. Yep. Um, one of the biggest things about milk and dairy products generally is... They cause, you know, especially with kids, younger mm-hmm. kids yep. um, and teenagers, they get a lot of acne from it. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it's because, because it clogs, of the bacterial. And it, it, the bacterial and it clogs the pores yep. of the skin. Yep. And we just say, oh, well, they're going through hormonal changes. It'll pass. And they just keep drinking milk, making it worse. Yep. And so one of the biggest things, you know, and, and I, my, my granddaughter asked me the other day, you know, it was a couple of weeks back, Grandpa, what can I do for uh, my acne? Because her skin started breaking out. And I said, well, stop drinking milk. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she did for two weeks. And guess what? Her acne cleared up. Completely clear face. It's, it's actually yep. amazing. And it happens a lot when you can get them to dedicated to doing that. Here's some of the other things you got to be as parents, be aware of, or maybe for you, for yourself. You have to be aware of other symptoms linked to the consumption of milk. Allergies we mentioned, but arthritis, mm-hmm. childhood anemia, colic, diabetes, hyperactivity, obviously osteoporosis, pesticide poisoning, ovarian cancers, and infertility are also because of, blood, because of the hormones. Yeah. And back, back again to... Touched on. <laughs> Back again to Dr. Pottinger. Yeah. Uh, it was one of the biggest things that showed up. You know, a lot of times we laugh about things here and we, we try to make things enjoyable. And Fun. This is one that, that is, it's not funny. Yeah. Um, but this is a true statement. And Dan's been waiting for me to say this since the minute we got back on, because I'll say it. 
We call milk pus in a jug. <laughs> and we call ice cream frozen pus in a jug with sugar added to it. Yep. The reason that we call it that is to try to get you to understand that this stuff is not healthy. Yeah. All not. It, when they homogenize it and pasteurize it, they kill everything healthy in it that's there. And that's, their pl- that's the reason they do it. They don't want bacteria and cultures in there that will make it sour. They want it to be able to have shelf life. Yeah. So with that being the case, there's nothing left but this white pussy stuff that's dead. It's yeah. dead food. So yeah. just understand, look at it that way. If, if, Hi, Steve. Welcome. If you can't handle the, 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 you know, the grossness of pus in a jug, um, at least... Look at it as it's a dead food. Yeah. It's not healthy. And then they throw rocks in it. Yeah. <laughs> For goodness sakes. Chief of Pediatrics, Johns Hopkins University Hospital cites evidence that at least 50% of all children in the United States are allergic to milk. 50% are allergic to milk. But they can drink um, goat's milk. They can get away with goat's milk usually. But usually. here's the thing too to remember because as parents see this and they're going to say, well, I want to make a better decision for my child. Let's find some, some real milk or some unpasteurized stuff. You can get it here in Wyoming. Um, the, uh, the choice to do that makes sense, but if the child's been drinking the pasteurized stuff for a while and has developed a sensitivity to that milk mm-hmm. protein, <coughs> A equals A equals A, right? Milk yep. protein, the only difference in pasteurization is they take the milk globulin, the protein, right? And when they pasteurize or homogenize, it shrinks it down very, very small and then increases its density, which is how it gets in the bloodstream faster than it should. That's the allergy side of all this. So what happens is, is if they've already shown a sensitivity to milk, chances are you can't just bounce them off of that onto another kind of milk or another source of milk that's more healthy and has been less tampered with by a man if they have a true milk allergy. So you're going to have to probably, I shouldn't say probably, you will have to, Practice avoidance at least 90, 90 days, days, if not longer, yeah. and give the child the right digestive aid to help clear up the debris and the leftovers from, from the past. Hey, Debbie, welcome from and, the past. So, and it may take, you know, six months, a year. Yeah. Um, but 90 days is the minimum. Up, cleaning minimum. things up in, in your gut yeah. to make it to where your body can actually handle um, real milk, not this stuff. Another part of Dr. And this is all from Eric Daniels, by the way. Eric mm-hmm. Daniels is the guy that did all the research on this. We're going to post all the links and the information to it. But I found this one, this final kind of comment here to be rather interesting. He says, I have con- I've contacted several doctors in the L.A. area. They all mm-hmm. suggested tolerances to varying degrees. Dr. Hensel from Shaw Health, Center, uh, Shaw Health Center finds fairly high accuracy in the blood type diet theory asserting the general um, as opposed to all-inclusive intolerances to dairy products uh, by most blood types O and A. So there is a, a link between that as well. And Dr. Cindy Clayton found that her experience that uh, up to 30% of her visitors may handle milk safely, um, which means that about 70% of the people that she saw did, not, did also show sensitivities to milk. Some kind of... Here's the number one thing you can bet when it comes to food. Excuse me, <clears throat> food of any kind. Hi, Colleen, welcome. 
if you're eating, if you wake up in the morning and you have any kind of like sinus drainage, congestion, you mentioned early phlegm, phlegm. right? If you have any of that kind of stuff going on, um, you know, in the and mornings, and you're not a smoker, and you're not a smoker, if you have any of those types of things taking place in the mornings, then you are eating or consuming a food. Your body says, "I wish you wouldn't do that." Mm-hmm. That's where that comes from. And something else that I, I want to bring up. You know, we say got milk, but what we have to do is you have to understand that it's not just milk. Yeah. It's homogenized, pasteurized cheeses and cheese foods, which are really frightening. Um, yogurts yeah. and those things. The good that they do mm-hmm. is a lot of times destroyed by man getting all over it and putting his fingerprints on things that God made right. that was really really healthy for us sure and then we get in there and and we we're say gonna oh we're better. gonna fix it yeah we're gonna you know we're gonna add calcium out of rocks and we're gonna add vitamin d from i don't know where they make that at yeah. um you know it's not natural right and the body doesn't recognize those things and so a lot of the folks be aware yeah a lot of the uh a lot of the challenges that these physicians that were interviewed face, one of the comments I thought was just fascinating, is that when you are aware of the fact, because now you are aware, watching this right now with us, you're aware of it. Okay? <clears throat> so when you're aware, you become accountable. Okay? When you're aware of the fact that this food is actually leaning more towards dangerous than healthy, and you choose to consume it anyways, you are running the risk of developing a serious chronic illness down the road. From this type of food, it is not nutrition; it is filler. There's and a, go ahead. Go ahead. There's a couple of things that you can use as um, replacements Replacement. for milk. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's coconut milk. Mm-hmm. There's almond unsweetened. Milk. Almond unsweetened, milk. unsweetened is the best. By Breeze far. unsweetened almond milk is awesome. Um, you know, even my my granddaughter when she first you know, I told her about the milk thing. She uh, she said, well, I'll try some almond milk. And she thought it was going to be icky, as yeah. she put it. She goes, that's going to taste icky. And I said, yeah. well, when you put it on your cereal, you won't even notice the difference. Yeah. And guess what? She didn't. Now, she yeah. won't drink a glass of it. Right. And most kids won't. Right. You know, because it doesn't taste the same. But when you put it on cereal, or because it's a little thicker than regular it milk. It is. It is a little thicker. You can add a little bit of water to it, shake it up real good, and then it's about the same consistency of regular milk. And has a nice creamy color. R- right. And, and so the color's not the issue. They won't even notice the difference the first time you do it. You know, and that's one of the things moms and dads that are out there, you know, when you have when the kids say, "Hey, I want a bowl of cereal." At least consider using one of these other things, and they'll find that they don't even taste it. We have... Her kids love the almond milk. They get unsweetened vanilla, and the kids love it. Absolutely. Now, make a comment here. Will they actually sit and drink a glass of it, or do they like it on different foods or things of that nature? Yeah. We'll see. Let us know. Yeah. Um, But milk is... And the other thing, too, that's important to note... Is that the, all the studies, all the things that were conducted as far as this handout that we use in the clinic on the milk issue um, was conducted on um, pasteurized. Mm-hmm. It's always been conducted on pasteurized milk. So, Yep. 
And most of this, all of this stuff, oh, and let me just, actually before I forget. And the other thing is, people say, well, you know, we have to pasteurize it because we can get sick from the cow. Well, first of all, we already talked about the toxicities you're going to get from the cow, whether it's pasteurized or not. Mm-hmm. Growth hormones and antibiotics. That's number, you know, so you're going to get toxic regardless of whether it's pasteurized or not. And cows have to go through a veterinary process called Bangs testing. B-A-N-G-S. Mm-hmm. It's called Bangs testing. And the cow has to be tested to even be approved to, be a, to produce a product for human consumption. And they Bangs test them every six months to see. Mm-hmm. So that rules out this notion that the cow, just by natural occurrence of producing milk, is going to pass something into the milk that you shouldn't consume without it being pasteurized. Yeah. It, the other things you have to be aware of is, it was the cow exposed to its eating practices, the foods it was fed, and was it over given, you know, growth hormones or antibiotics, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Because those are coming through and creating some severe toxins with people, regardless of pasteurization. Pasteurization just makes the milk worse. Doesn't make it better. Throughout history yeah. of man, yeah. they have drank milk. Hi, Marlene. Welcome. And they have drank it fresh. Yep. You know, unpasteurized, unhomogenized, and it didn't kill them. Yeah. <laughs> if and anything, they didn't complain of all these yeah. things that uh, clearly are, are that they're uh, that's happening to people now. Yeah. Um, so, you know. You got to kind of look, take things with a grain of salt. Yeah. You know, some things are. Listen to your body. Yeah. Just listen to your body. It'll tell you if you should or shouldn't be consuming certain foods. And it'll tell you the first thing is the sinuses with phlegm and congestion, drainage, the sinus drip, that kind of stuff. I see that um, we got an answer back and yep. it said one will drink it straight and one, one won't. won't. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of a taste thing with people. Um, but she goes on to say, but they never had the habit of drinking milk that way anyways. Yeah. So again, so that's, they that's use good. it for, Thank you. for, you know, like cereals and stuff like that. And it works really well, folks. Yep. So you might want to consider some alternatives. Yeah. So get from our office the Got Milk Flyer. Uh, maybe we can talk Becca into posting a PDF version of it, but it's called Got Milk. Mm-hmm. This is where we pulled some of our, most of our information from. It's the one we hand out in the Nutrition 101 class, uh, which reminds me of two things. We've got a super cool Nutrition 101 class coming up on the 28th mm-hmm. of this month because Craig, myself, Tammy, Becca, a lot of the folks running around here are on phase one. For any of you watching that's ever been put on phase one, you know it's, it's a challenge, right? You've got to put forth some effort to make it work. Believe uh, me, there's a lot of effort. There's some effort to it, right? But it can be done. Absolutely. We're doing all of our food logs. They're being graded and posted for you, our clients, uh, and, you know, our friends and family, to see what it is we're doing and how we scored and all this other stuff. We've got kind of a little internal contest going, which is kind of fun. Um, but it's primarily so that our awareness is real high, that we know what it's like to go through having to right. follow the, uh, that specific program. Doing it for 30 days. We just finished week one. We're now into week two. And, uh, you know, Cora and Tammy are kind of in the lead. Becca's right there. I'm right there. Craig's doing pretty good. You know, he's at a, about 80-20. He's not quite 90-10. But you know Craig what? has a tendency to... <laughs> <laughs> Cheat everyone. Here we go. Here we go. To be yeah. honest. Yeah. About the whole But it thing. can be done. And we're excited Absolutely. to share those with you. So the 28th, 645 here, um, this month, August the 28th, 
We're gonna do a Nutrition 101 class. It's the last uh, Tuesday of the month. But it's gonna be different than any of the Nutrition 101 classes uh, have been before because we're gonna have like a little panel of us up there sharing with you our experience, what we became more aware of. Mm -hmm. um, I think what we what we learned from the experience, right? We may stick with it longer, who knows? And uh, it'll be a really fun, uh, fun educational experience for you folks to be a part of. And we will be doing it Facebook Live that night, but uh, we got room for about 20 people to be here. So if you'd like to be there in on that class, call, reserve a seat. We'd love to have you there because you can pose questions. And especially for those of you who've bounced off and on uh, the phase one food protocol. So, so phase I'd love one's to have you. tough. I mean, it's I not easy. You know, I, I'm loving it. I haven't had a cup of coffee. Let's see. I haven't had a cup. Of, I haven't had one ounce, yeah. one drop of coffee since a week ago, Sunday. I have. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to tell everybody, but I have. Well, I'm, you're being honest, you right? Know, the bottom line is, is there's, and there's, I've had a couple of other things that, you know, due to circumstances, and it happens with everybody. Yeah. You know, there's going to come a time when even Dan and the other, the other people that are participating in this, you know, something's going to come up yeah. and they're going to... It happens. You know, they're going to have violations also. It happens, right? The bottom line is it just can we're you do doing the best we can. Though. I mean, if you bounce up and down, but can you do it at the end of the day, can you consistently hit 90-10? Mm -hmm. We're going to find that out. Can you consistently do 80-20, which is what we try to get people to get to? Um, so it'll be a fun class. Hopefully you can, uh, can join us there. It's going to be a, going to be a blast. We're going to have a lot of fun with that one. It's going to be a totally different format than we've done in like 10 or 15 years of doing that class. So it's going to be an open forum kind of discussion. We're still going to have handouts. We're still going to go through some of the basics, but we're really going to focus on, you know, what we learned, our experience, what our scores are, what our foods were, you know, you're going to see our food logs. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Yep. And finally... I did not forget. Structural contest. We have, a, we have a contest going on right now for you, the viewer, and the listener to participate in. Where if you give us lots of shares and likes uh, and uh, do some reviews maybe on Total Wellness Radio or on uh, Facebook, that we can, uh, we're going to kind of tally those up, kind of keep the numbers, and you will, let, you will actually give you a complimentary structural for helping us share the good news about natural health and natural health practices. So, we have that coming up. Like, it says like, comment, and share. Um, Tell us what you refer think. Us. We want to know. Yeah, refer us to family and friends this way as well. So, we're excited about that. Absolutely. Structural takes about a half an hour. You feel amazing when you get it done. So, for those of you who haven't experienced a structural, get one done. You'll be glad you did. Absolutely. So, I can guarantee you there's very few things that will make you want to go to sleep better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, I think we're done. We're good. I'm good. We're going to go to lunch, have some of Craig's almost phase one approved soup. There's a couple of things that I didn't even know were against phase one in it. Okay, but thanks. it's really good. In thanks it. for... <laughs> it's 90-10. 90-10. Thanks for joining us, folks. Take care. Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of Total Wellness Radio. We appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to tune in to all of our interviews and the life-changing natural approaches you can take with your health. For those of you who haven't had a chance yet, please do subscribe. And when you get a chance, also leave a review on this podcast or other episodes that you've enjoyed from Total Wellness Radio.